Hello, everybody, and welcome to Toddler Purgatory. I'm one of your hosts, Molly. Hey, hey, I'm Blair. Hi, Blair. Hey. Hi, Blur. Aww. I almost said Blur. Hi, Blur. That's what they called me in high school. Blur. What's up, Blur? Blur. I don't know why. What's up, Blur? <laughs> Today, we're talking about a subject which, I gotta say, kind of unfortunately is a thing I think about a lot these days, mm. which is bringing more kindness into your home. <sighs> and yes. I think that there are many layers to this discussion, and we'll get into a few of them today. We'll also come up with some ways that your family can help foster kindness in general in your family and with your kids, of course, and have them grow into kind human beings. The reason why it's so personal to me right now is because my son, aka the light of my life, (laughs) have been having a bit of a contentious relationship at times the last few Mm. months, and I guess just more... Often than in the past, because we're both fiery humans, mm-hmm. as is my husband. We have big personalities. I would say that we're probably all highly sensitive people. So that's not a great combo in, in a home. And he's so sensitive and he's so lovely and he really has things hit him on the heart. And I think that we've gotten into a bit of a sinkhole, a spiral, whatever you call it, where I'm trying to like teach him and have him be affected by other human beings and to empathize mm. and to see that, that his words and actions can hurt other people. Well, what's he doing? Like, what is it that's contentious? What is bringing on the contentiousy? I just made that up and that sounds real legit. It does. Contentiousity. <laughs> I would say that it's this thing where on a dime, he'll turn from, I love mama, I love mama, and we snuggle and we have a good time. Mm. And then he turns around and I say, okay, time to go upstairs. No! You know what I mean? It has huge reactions to what I think are little things. Mm-hmm. But but because I don't want to devalidate his feelings, mm-hmm. as we have learned from the 1,000 Instagram accounts we follow <laughs> on empathy and kindness, <laughs> I say, hey, I understand that upsets you. I hear that. I believe you. I get that that upsets you. But in order for our day to keep moving forward, we need to blah, blah, blah. I can only say that so many times. Girl. Before I start to raise my voice, my intensity, my anger, my emotion. Same. Yes. And I and now, of course, because we are, this is probably an overstatement, but we are fairly obsessed with each other. We have a really strong relationship. We have a good, strong bond. We also know each other's triggers. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like lately we've been pushing them. Mm. I will say this as well. Mm. We're recording this in the fall. School just started, I think, in need of and so excited for. break. This new routine. Oh, no, a break, yes. (laughs) From 7 a.m. to Mm 3.50, which is when he gets picked up and dropped off. But also routine, even though it's we get up at an ungodly hour, as Blair and I discuss on the daily. (laughs) But I think because the past few months, let me tell you, the past two and a half years, have been so crazy, and we've all been off our rockers and off our games and off our routines, I think that it's not going to be impossible. Mm -hmm. But I do think that we have these triggers these you know i have to say things four times instead of one time that make me nuts yeah, of course nuts oh, you're human of course you're human because i'm human and i'm like come on just do it mm-hmm. which apparently you're not supposed to do quote unquote <laughs> and uh <laughs> just do it so we've gotten ourselves into some bad ruts and i again it's not impossible but i'm excited to work on it and this episode kind of comes from that where i'm like blair and i need to chat this out because mm. And also, yes, we've traveled so much this summer. Everything's, he's starting kindergarten. Everything's wackadoodle. So let me just get on a better track. And so that was my impetus for kind of suggesting this 
topic. How's the kindness level in your home, please, air? The thing about it is I feel like everyone in my house is so kind except for me. <laughs> like, I don't know. My kids are pretty like they're more like their dad. I mean, they have big my little one. She has got a really big personality, but she just yeah. don't care. Like she's like, if you're going to be unkind to her, she's not. It's not that she's going to be unkind to you. She's just going to ignore you and go elsewhere and pretend like you don't exist. All right, cool. She's tough. She's, she's like, whatever. And my son is just like, I think he, he processes things a little bit more maturely than I do. To be completely honest with you, yeah, we had a similar situation a couple days ago. We had just gotten back from vacation, and because we're so jet lagged, we went to breakfast in the city. So we like made it a thing, you know. We got in the car, and it was early. It was like seven thirty, and they were just being nuts. And I was like, "Stop it! Knock it off! Sit down!" And my son just looks at me. He's like, "Why do you have to be so mean?" And I was like, uh, "Well." And at first I was like, my defenses went up and I was like, I'm not mean, you know, I'm frustrated. But then it was like, yeah. I'm in charge and you're challenging me yeah. constantly. We're getting off a 2.5 week vacation of me constantly, you know, coming at you. So I took a deep breath, which I'm still working on. And I looked at him and I was like, dude, I was like, I'm really sorry that if you think I'm being mean and I can see how my, my behavior seems very mean. I was like, but when I tell you constantly, when it's like 552 times, <laughs> you know, at 550, I've had it. So 552 is going to sound really mean. I was like, what would happen if you had to say things, something to me 500 times? And he was like, well, it would make me a little frustrated. I was like, exactly, man. I was like, so, you know, I don't mean to be mean, but I'm just frustrated. And then he like looked at me. Yeah. He's like, "All right, feel your feelings, mom, but just watch your tone." <laughs> like, <all> right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, your son is forty-seven He's years old, a grown man. So it's. I just feel like for me and my household, it's me. I just feel like I'm just on the constant. I just feel like I'm a drill sergeant, and I feel like I'm being mean and unkind, and I'm not. I'm just trying to keep everybody safe and happy, and, and keep the day moving. Moving along. And I know to a six-year-old to a, uh, and a three-year-old, it looks mean and it looks unkind. Yeah. All right. Well, that's hard. It's all right. It's all right. It's called parenting. <laughs> Get back on my ship. Yes. Well, I think so later in this pod, we're going to go over some things which I think will be really useful for you to use in the home to bring some of that kindness back in that you think that even you yourself can do. And if you're listening to this and you're saying, yeah, like, why are kids so annoying? <laughs> You're in the wrong podcast because we don't know either. <laughs> but we're talking about when they can be downright mean, when we really just need to have more kindness. What is going on? And that's the question we have to start with. And like, that's the uncomfortable part. Mm -hmm. It's like, first of all, why do they act mean so sometimes? Mm -hmm. So, you know, we probably know this in whatever side of your brain is like the logical side, but logic is not my forte. <laughs> Me neither. Emotion is. <laughs> yes. So this is an article called When Kids Act Mean, Why Some Kids Have Trouble Being Kind and What You Can Do. And so in this article, they say, this is a great way to put it. When children boss other kids around, say hurtful things to them or to you, exclude their peers, act in other unkind ways, they are not acting mean on purpose. That makes sense. By and large, these kids are struggling with difficult feelings of insecurity or self-doubt 
or anxiety. I also read in another article, fear. So much of it is fear-based. These complex emotions are uncomfortable and hard to make sense of and cope with even for adults. Here, here. Not to mention young children who don't have the self-awareness or skills mm-hmm. to deal with these emotions effectively. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they act them out via projection and then attributing uncomfortable emotions to others. So that's why they say knowing this, we know this, right? Know this, this is like something yeah. we know, yeah. but it's still really, really hard. But you can see why teaching, quote unquote, teaching kindness or telling kids they have to be kind, which is a real blind spot for me. I say that. Mm. I say to him. I try to teach him to be mm-hmm. kind. And you can't do that. You can't do it. Um, it really makes a difference. It doesn't address the underlying issues that are driving the unkind behavior. I also like as many things that they watch on TV that are mm-hmm. like kind and like, you know, morally driven. There's still yeah. a lot of like nuts things that they watch where yeah. big, mean, unkind emotions are the things that get, you know, transferred or are seen the most you know yeah when you know the characters are acting when they're hitting each other you know just things like that it just seems i find that my children when they're being unkind they're not Mm -hmm. mimicking yes sometimes they do get the tone that i have yeah same um but sometimes they're mimicking and they're saying the exact same things that are being said that they watch so it's just like oh great right now I have to police that or you know what I mean it's so it's like even when it's not like morally wrecking their souls it's still like some inappropriate behavior that they're mimicking yeah Yeah. but why are they like that's the thing is like it's inappropriate behavior they're mimicking Mm -hmm. but what that is in my this is my opinion I'd like to point out as a disclaimer we are not experts we're not doctors we're not therapists we need all those things but we are not any of them (laughs) I pay a therapist very much money to work all this out. Exactly. But in my opinion, I think that those kinds of shows or those behaviors we see in cartoons, even like rated G or rated Y7 or whatever, they are just tools. Like that's just another way for our kids to express something. So we still have to go back to why, the underlying feeling. And so the first thing, so you know Janet Lansbury, the Unruffled Mm, podcast, mm -hmm, we've talked mm -hmm, about her mm -hmm. during our gentle parenting episode and stuff. She was answering a reader's letter or excuse me, a listener's letter, and she puts it in a great way because she says you can only look at your kid's behavior. You have a choice of looking at it between one of two lenses. The first lens is on the surface of what's going on. Yes, your kid's being mean. She's saying unkind things. She's doing unkind actions. You think to yourself, whoa, that's mean. That's not kind. And this is a lens that takes us away from our kid. And distances us. And I have to admit, I do do that sometimes where I'm like, my son's acting like a, you know what? Why is he doing that? I need to stop this. That's the, my job as a parent is to stop this. What does it say about me? How do other people see it? All that kind of stuff. Right. And she says, just like we were talking about, about the learner child development article, the better lens is the second lens, which is one that takes us deeper, takes us beyond the surface of the behavior that's in our face into the why, into the other levels that are going on. You could call it a lens of empathy. And because it's a lens of empathy, it brings us closer to the other person and heals. So rather than having that knee jerk reaction, which I do, which is like, why are you doing this? Don't stop it. Stop acting like this. Why are you being unkind? No one's going to want to play with you. If you act like that. Ooh, have I said that Mm. multiple times in the last week? Yeah, I sure have. Thank you for asking. I did. (laughs) Um, And so we have to learn to manage our own emotions and triggers, right? So on the Learner site, they say the same thing. You have to think about why they're being kind. 
parents get anxious about what this behavior means for their child, which propels them into reactive mode. Yeah. Schooling their child in the hope that they can convince him to change his ways. Ah, that's me. Yeah. It's, but listen, that whole thing of like what it triggers for you. Yes. Is like, for me, that's what it's about. It's like, I skip over the why for him and what it's doing to me and how it's, you know, honestly, Molly, how it's interrupting my day and what I'm trying to get done. Yeah. And especially with two of them for me. Oh, yes. It's like, and sometimes I don't want to dig deep. I know I have to. And hearing all this is just like, duh, 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 duh. Right? I know. That's why we do these episodes. Of course. Because we get into the hamster wheel mm-hmm. of life mm-hmm. and we got to keep running. Yep. And heaven forfend, something gets in the way of that. And that's why we listen to these episodes and we make these episodes and we, we listen to Unruffled by Channel Lansbury <laughs> Podcast and we listen to What Fresh mm-hmm. Hell is because we have to, it's just like working out. Like we have to keep Oof. working these muscles of empathy. We have to keep working these muscles of listening to what our kid isn't saying. Right. right? And so here's, their example is exactly what I say. Why would you be mean to your friends? No one's going to want to play with you if you're always telling them what to do. Mm. And they say the problem with these kinds of responses is that they're shaming, yeah. which makes kids defensive and much less likely to reflect on and change their own behavior, which is the ultimate goal. Exactly. Yes. You can't make your child be kind. Or if it's coming from you, like that shame train, if it's coming from you, then they're less likely to express what they need or say. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, that, yeah they're learning to bottle. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So it says, what our job is to show our child that we are on their side, that we will be a trusted helper who will guide him to think through his experiences in a non-judgmental way so he can learn to make the best choices for himself. And that is hard to separate from our own emotions. Yes, because I just need to boil this pasta. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) totally. So it's it's like we have to kind of dig in and say, why would a child do these behaviors? Mm -hmm. Why would my kid be unkind to his own mother? Who loves him more than anything? Why would he be unkind to his sister or to her brother? Why would we do these things? And then Janet Lansbury says, think about how we feel inside when we're acting that way. You know what it doesn't feel? Good. Good. Not at all. It feels scary and it feels uncomfortable. So why would we think that our child is doing this on purpose? Because it feels good. It doesn't. So she asks us to ask ourselves, what happens when you've got a child with just a few years on the planet? Very (laughs) immature in their ability to regulate their own emotions and control their own behavior. We want to help her learn to control it and channel it positively into strength. It doesn't feel good to be pushing your mother away, being the quote-unquote mean child. How do we feel inside when our behavior is like that? We feel terrible, Mm -hmm. right? So these kids are scared, they're jealous, whatever their thing is that they're going through. And so that's the kind of probing we have to do first before we can do any of this kindness work. Oh, (sighs) flip a table. I'm about to flip flip a table. table. Oh, gosh. You know who doesn't like working (laughs) out? This girl right here. This girl. Yep. Who has two thumbs and doesn't like working out. My brain or my muscles. <laughs> yes. My brain or my muscles. <laughs> no, thank you. So this self-reflection, this exercise, this workout that we have to do for ourselves is before we even start to put in the work of engaging with our kid about the whys, mm-hmm. about how we can help them regulate, how we can help them control their emotions. These highly sensitive kids, these emotional, beautiful beings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That will drive us crazy. <laughs> yes. Yes. So once we do this work, then we take the power back. Because as Janet Lansbury or Angela Lansbury, we don't know. We don't know her. Maybe she said it first. Possibly. Th- says the power this parent is giving to this behavior, this unkind behavior, 
for instance, in this, the listener who wrote into her, that her daughter can give her a look and the parent feels scared or hurt or thrown by it. That absolutely happens to me, Blair. Really? Yes. I'm not scared by my son. I am absolutely hurt mm. by the rage that he shows me, by the resentment that's in his eyes sometimes. Yes. And as she says about her listener, she's a vulnerable audience. I, I put this in bold in our notes, listeners, just to let you know, because this was like, she's talking about me. She's talking about me. <laughs> It says she's a vulnerable audience here instead of a strong, confident one who can see beyond all this bluster and ugly stuff. Yeah. Because let's face it, it's ugly stuff. We've got to see through it to the pain that makes any of us behave in these ways. Let me tell you this, Molly, because I'm actually the opposite. I don't get hurt by my kids. (laughs) I am a rock. I am an island. You know, I think it's... That sounds crazy, but it's more of when I see it coming at me, I'm like, this is going to sound really awful, but I'm like, you're too dumb to really know what's going on. Just like Janet says, you've only had a couple of years on this planet. Like you don't really like I know hurt. Like I know like some when someone's hurt my feelings and means it, you know what I mean? Like. You haven't had the years on this planet to really understand how to like hurt someone and you're not going to do it to me. I think that also comes from my upbringing, too, where I just had two parents who were just very staunch Mm -hmm. and unemotional at times. Mm -hmm. So I feel like, yeah, when that stuff comes at me, there's only been a couple of times where I'm like, ow. Like mm-hmm. that time when he said, well, do you have to be so mean? I was like, ooh. ooh. Yeah. But other than that, I'm like, all right, kid. If that's how you feel in your tiny field of feelings, mm-hmm. that's not very mature and hasn't had the time to know what real hurt is. Mm. Right. You know what? We'll be right back. We're going to talk more about this. This is so interesting. Okay. When you bring your child home for the first time, you want a baby monitor you can trust. When you choose Stork, you choose technology trusted to monitor 10 million babies in hospitals every year. Stork continuously tracks your baby's pulse rate, oxygen saturation, and temperature. Visit MassimoStork.com to learn more. Stork, a revolutionary baby monitor, is born. Stork is not a medical device. Read and understand all product labeling. Massimo data on file. Feel like you're the martyr in your family? You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a no guilt mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model so that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the no guilt mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows. What up, what up? We're back on Todd Pergs. We're here, we're We're here, here, we're here. This is interesting, what Blair was talking about before the break, about how her perspective when her kids are coming at her in ways that perhaps are trying to hurt her or affect her, they don't affect her. 
And this was brought up in some of the articles I read in preparation for this episode as well, which was like, we can never discount our own upbringing. There it is. Yeah. Like ever. And sometimes things that are triggering for us are going to be because maybe our parents were strict and didn't allow that kind of behavior. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we think they should control it better or whatever it is. (laughs) One of the articles was like, and if you find it's uh, hampering your connection with your child, you should go to therapy. (laughs) It was really like, (laughs) it was so, I was like, okay, wow, back off. But yeah, it's interesting. I find that I'm able to protect myself Mm -hmm. when it comes from my kids because I don't give them the power. Mm -hmm. I don't give them the power. Just like I'm trying to not let, just as as I try not to let, you know, adults, you know, peers, Mm -hmm. I try not to give them the power to hurt me. But it seems, you know, but it's like my peers have more practice (laughs) in what hurt is, you know? Yeah. And there's an understanding. There's a, my kids don't, they don't mean it. They don't get it to mean it. Right. Well, I guess I think that's good that you already that you have that perspective then that they don't mean it like you already know. Is it? I think so. (laughs) I think so. I think that part is good. Do you feel that it would benefit you to be able to do that work of why is my daughter screaming and crying and saying you're not fair? Like not that you wouldn't do the work, but like, do you feel like because it sounds a little bit like you're disconnecting? No, that I don't do. Mainly my kids have never said it's not fair. I hate you. You're mean. Yes. But I don't get that kind of. I think I broke my child. Words. You didn't break your child. I don't know. I feel like even when. You didn't break your child. Let me tell you something, listeners. When my kid, who I love and, and adore and is the light of my life and is a charismatic and really quite kind. Yes, he is. For the most part. <laughs> when we hung out with Blair and her kids, I was like, no, did I break my kid? Molly, I'm also. I mean, not that he like kicks him in the teeth or anything, but he's just. Sort of, no. And they got along great. They got along gangbusters. But your kids are so nice. No, no, it's also because you and I parent differently in that I am a hard. <laughs> but you have the know. contrast. You have the yin and yang of your husband who's, as you say, he's the one who's more connected, more driven from the heart, that kind of thing. So you guys are like, yes, yes, yes. I'm the bad guy. I am fully the bad guy in my house. I don't believe that. I mean, my husband like picks that up. But in order for me not to spin out of control... And for the chaos to not be so overwhelming, mm-hmm. I got to put my foot down. Yeah. And so I think that they kind of like, you know, they attune to that. Whether that's them being more kind, I don't know. Or if that's just like knowing that certain behaviors will not fly in my yeah. household. See, that's good. That to me is boundaries. And I think that's what I have challenges setting up in my household is boundaries. And I think some of it comes from the fact that I have an only child. Yeah, for sure. Hashtag constant playmate. So one of us almost always has to be engaged with him. He's pretty good independent. What do you call it? Playing independently, whatever that's called. But we don't have like we've talked about on this show how they're like, put it on the schedule in independent play, 3.30 to 4.30. My son would be like, ha, ha, ha. Wow, that's hilarious. Mom, 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 <laughs> mom, what are we doing today? Mom, where are we going? Mom, watch me on my bike. It's constant. And also because I think we're like older parents and, you know. We just kind of like have chatted with him like he's an adult. So I think that Mm. there is this feeling in our house that we're all equal, Mm. you know? Mm. And I think part of that is because we just like kind of chat with him. We check in with him on stuff. I check with him and and his dad, hey, what should we do for dinner tonight? It's not like, here's dinner, eat it, kid. Like we're not, you know what I mean? Like (laughs) there's no like, we're the parents. Not That's not true. There's not no we're the parents, he's the kid. But like, 
There's always been a little bit of a gray area there for a number of reasons, I think. I think right. only child, older parents, all that stuff. He's also incredibly, I mean, we're obviously talking about the times when times are hard. It's not hard all the time. He's a great kid. He's a great conversationalist. He can talk to anybody. I mean, oh, he's so kind. He's a huge heart. And that's why some of this is happening, is that he has a huge heart. He's a feeler. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He's a feeler. Maybe the behaviors that he's exposing maybe is his like call for boundaries Mm. or like, you know, just a boundary up. Like it's the boundaries there, but maybe there's just like one more that needs to be built. You know, I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. My best friend owns a dance studio on Long Island. She's your best friend. She's a real bad B. She's a real bad B. (laughs) And she the first thing she said to me when I was pregnant, she said, It's going to feel weird, but kids need boundaries. Mm -hmm. And that's your first job as a parent is to set up the boundaries. And I was like, what? And it came kind of, I mean, it, it all comes naturally, right? Yeah. Like all that stuff comes naturally, but it does. But when you have certain factors that come into play, it's hard. It's hard to know boundaries for yourself. It's hard to know boundaries for your kids, for your partner, for your family. It's hard. It's hard. It's yeah. Hard. And it's supposed to be. And I feel like we have them. We have routine. We have structure. It's just the constant challenging of those mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. Nothing is assumed in my house. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know how to say that. Like, there's no like. Like he has to do certain things. Or like when I say it's bedtime. And I know I'm speaking universally here. Like, I'm, I know I'm preaching to the choir right now. But like, it's bedtime. And he either pitches a fit. Or he doesn't listen or he says, I just need to do one more thing. You know, that kind of thing. So like there are boundaries. And then I find myself because I it's not my parenting style to be a hard ass, but it apparently is my parenting style to like get frustrated after I ask a few times and go, <laughs> I said three times. Right. Well, what would work? What's different that would work for you? How can you go about it differently so that it works for you? Actually, like, let's take him for a second. Yeah. Just because he is a kid. Right. And he loves you and he'll listen to you. And he's a terrific kid. He's set. But what's going to like help you out? What's not going to make... We just became part robot and just listened. Just listened and just did it. Done. All right. So then take him to the mechanic. (laughs) (laughs) So, yes, I need to do that kind of probing and considering as Angela and Janet Lansbury and Blair Brooks says, is start thinking about those kinds of things and start seeing it through this new lens and try and take, and you know, it's all about calm, confident parenting and I'm pretty confident and I'm not that calm. So yes, I think that's what I have to do is exactly what the experts tell me to do, which is that (laughs) leaning into why my kid is acting this way. And maybe it's because I need to like strengthen some of those boundaries. Maybe I need to close my mouth and listen a little more. Here are some suggestions from Motherly, which is a great website. I think we've quoted on this pod before. It's really good. They have a good Instagram account, too. I don't follow it. I got to follow it. Yeah, cute stuff. Yeah. Which is nine family routines that create kind kids. I really thought this covered so many just like little things that we can do, these small changes that we can make in our homes to build compassion and empathy in our kids and kindness. Mm. This one, and as always, listeners, you know I love to run these by Blair and just see what her reaction is. The first one is, they suggest, and I think you can alter these, obviously, to what works for you and your kid and your family. Make room for an early morning pause. No. (laughs) I know. I know. Let me tell you. No. I can't. No. The fact that I get up at six and my kid gets on the bus at seven is a GD miracle right now. And that making time for an early morning pause makes me want to break a window. You know when we do make a pause? 
at dinner. That's nice. We pause at dinner. Yeah. Yeah, and reflect. We'll talk about that later in the list as well. Their suggestion is early morning because it gets your day going on a kindness foot. No. (laughs) Okay, so listeners, if you are a morning person, unlike Blair and I, they said one person gets up a half an hour earlier. (laughs) Listen, you know what? Actually, my husband does. That made me cough so hard. I know. My husband does. He gets up early. He does the gentle wake up. They pause without me. Yes. That's okay, I think. Yeah, bye. I'm fine. I'm sleeping. It's more about setting your day up for for moments of kindness. So you're kind of saying like, you know, what do we hope to bring mm-hmm. into the world today? Mm-hmm. Whatever, whatever, however you want to talk about it. But it's, and the other thing, the other suggestion is it could be at the bus stop, like literally get to the bus stop two minutes early and talk about your goals for the day or, you know, what you're looking forward to for the day. Or the drive to school. Yeah, yeah. Drive to school. That's a great idea. So yeah, it's a, it's more about being like positive about the day that's about to come, mm. which I, I love that idea. Here are some suggestions they make, which is number two for adopting empowering refrains. In many articles, they said a version of this. They say, remember to use the, these as specifically and honestly as possible. Right. Kids are incredible at detecting insincerity. Yes. Yes. They, they hear everything. You say, oh, it sounds great. Let's go. They know you don't think it sounds great. Right. And I, this is something I have to work on is slowing down and really making sure that my kid knows I mean what I say. Because mm-hmm. sometimes I am just a hamster on a wheel. I'm just trying to get to that next thing in the bedtime routine. Right. So here are some ideas. You are such a helpful kid. Your kindness or your big heart make me so proud. Your kindness takes a lot of courage. And I like that, too. And I say to him stuff like that. It's brave to cry. You're crying mm-hmm. and showing me your soft heart is very brave. So it's that kind of thing. Your kindness makes a real difference. I'm proud that you're the kind of person who treats others with compassion and respect. He doesn't know what either of those words mean, but whatever. I love how curious you are. I love that phrase. I love how curious you are. That's great. He's asking questions you might not know the answer to. Oh, you know, I'm going to look that up later, but I got to tell you, I love how curious you are. Mm -hmm. What a great thing to put in their heads about themselves. Yep. That's interesting. Tell me more about that. That tells them that they're an interesting person, right? Well, fixing your mistakes means you're learning, right? Every problem has a solution. Let's try again. So these are all examples of things that you can say that put, they're the, you know, Blair, what was the thing that we said on a previous episode? The voice that you use with them and the words you use with them are the voice and the words that they will hear in their heads for the rest of their lives. Yeah. It will become their voice. Yeah. 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 Oh, man. Yeah. When we come back, we'll talk about a few more ways to bring kindness into your home. And I will work through how I'm going to put in gentle but firm boundaries while also getting a good night's sleep. Bye. We'll be right back. Hey there. I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. 
Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. With sometimes hilarious and always thought-provoking experts and friends, at Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast. Welcome back to Toddler Purgatory, where we are discussing how to bring kindness back into our homes or into our homes. Yeah. And nurture it, make it feel good and want to stay in our homes. And when it leaves our homes, how to get it back. Get it back. Where are you going? Where are you going? Get back in here. I'm sorry that was unkind, but just can you come back? Yeah, please come back. Please come back, kindness. Hey, kindness, I see that you're feeling excluded. I believe you. Please come back in my home. I love how curious you are, kindness. <laughs> <laughs> Come back to my home. Get on in here yep. and curate some more. <laughs> Here's a couple more ideas to bring kindness into your home. I really like this one. I don't know if Blair is going to be into it. Let's see. What is it? <laughs> she sounds skeptical already. <laughs> Celebrate acts of kindness in a concrete way. So they say, research confirms that accountability is a key way to foster new habits and reach difficult goals. By letting your family know that kindness and helping others is a priority, you're setting high expectations for follow through. So that means simply making time each day to ask, who did you help today? Or, hey, who helped you? By sharing your acts of kindness each day, your kids will begin to watch for ways they can be helpful in their own day. Partly so they have a story to share because they know they're going to have like a kindness moment over dinner or what have you. Like you said, taking that moment to pause. I think that's great. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. We do that. Whenever I pick the kids. Well, not well. I will be picking the kids plural up. But whenever I pick my son up, sometimes I don't ask him how his day is. Sometimes I say, who'd you help out today? (gasps) Who helped you out? You did. Blair. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Who made you feel good today? What did you do that made someone feel good today? Whereas I say, why are you throwing your snacks on the floor? Do you think the car is hungry? (laughs) Please don't do that. He's like, I'm treating the car with kindness, mom. Back off. (laughs) I'm sharing. You told me to share. (laughs) That's great. I love that. A couple other ways is, and also I have to admit this one to me has, I think, and I'm sure to many of our listeners as well, it's going to have many other benefits other than bringing kindness in. This is a really good way to get that bond or that connection back in a positive way, especially if Mm. you, like me, are feeling tested as far as Mm. your positive connection to your kid, as opposed to, Mm. in general, being obsessed and loving each other. But like having actual physical ways to express that is just to move together daily. Great idea. I love this. By reserving a half hour or so after dinner, they suggest after dinner, but I really think it can be whenever you can. But after dinner Mm -hmm. is like a way to end the day. Mm-hmm. Sort of like beginning your day with a little bit of kindness, you end it with connection, move together playfully to give your family a chance to shed the day's stress and reset your minds and bodies for tomorrow. So they say, this uh, person, the author says, last week we took a flashlight walk through the trees. They fun. played a, a game of stuffed animal tag. I don't know what that is. It sounds really fun. Sounds fun. Yes. Walk through the park, play a game outside, have a dance moment, whatever yeah. it is to get your bodies yeah. moving together. Mm-hmm. I love that way of this. They say this moment of joyful movement will make it easier mm-hmm. to share compassion tomorrow. You know, I got to say, how many times as a kid were you ever like, 
oh, I wish my mom would play with me or I wish my dad would play, whatever. Like, yes, they would have their moments, but there would be like, and essentially I was like, my brother was so much older than me. I was an only kid in the house. Yeah. And I was just like, man, I really would love for someone to like play tag with me or, yeah, you know, so I do. I think about that often and I do. I try. I can do so much better. Um, but yeah. I can see your your family yeah. doing like dance party after dinner before you do the dishes and stuff. I can see that. We definitely dance parties. We definitely do. I for sure. I, 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 I. And the other thing of sharing compassion and kindness and who did you help today is adding a recurring. We talked about this on past pods. Add a recurring volunteer effort to the calendar for your whole family. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We don't do that. I volunteer. We don't do that either. My husband's getting into volunteering, and we don't. We need to get on those websites. What, what is the one? United. What the heck is that one? United Way? Yes. Thank you. They have a whole volunteer program through local colleges, all kinds of stuff you can do. Obviously, local animal shelters, homes for older people. There are so many ways to volunteer. And as a family, I love the idea in building community of volunteering to like clean up the trash on Sundays or clean up your beaches at the end of the summer, that kind of thing. Yeah. And it's also like how many times on the weekends are we like, oh, what are we going to do? I guess we'll go to the playground. Yeah. Again. When you can easily, like, go volunteer. It's yeah. easy. It's really... I know. We got to do it. And the last thing I'm going to say is they have a few other good ones. Uh, we'll put the link to this article in our show notes. But this is another one I really like. Seek out one good news story to share each day. Oh. Yeah, The Guardian. No, no, no. Like, as they get older, for sure. And I want to be like, so kids, today on CNN.com. I don't agree. I think that is never too early. Oh, all right. <laughs> My kids don't know, like, news outlets. But I don't think you have to, like, quote the author's, you know, mm. sources or anything. I think you can you be like, say, hey, like, guess what I heard today? Oh, yeah. okay. Okay. Yeah, the work is your work. And then you bring it to the table in a palatable way that your kid can digest at whatever age they are. But I think if you start the habit, if you start the action now, it becomes a habit later. And totally. maybe it'll become their turn to find that good news story yeah. when they're older, right? But if it's not part of your habit, it'll be weird later. <laughs> no, it won't. It won't be weird, but it'll might be, be weird. Yeah, just like start it now. So that the Guardian sense. recently reported research by Dr. Denise Baden, who's a associate professor at Southampton Business School at the University of Southampton in England, has found that the more negatively people feel after consuming bad news, the less likely they are to voice an opinion or take action to improve the world around them. I mean... True indeed. I think I read something similar to that yep. and I started like deleting certain things off my social media. I know. Because of that reason. Yeah. Because it was like, I can't, or I'd like, the only account that I have highlighted in my Instagram is good news stories. Yeah. Like the good news movement, that thing. Oh, I love that. Cause, oh, because I like, I want that to be at the top every day, but I want that to be at the top. I want like, if I'm going to be scrolling, I want at least like good stuff in my eyeballs yeah so i think that's maybe like bring those stories to the table true i bet your son who's older will really hear them and maybe oh yeah and i don't know i feel like it could be the thing where a few days into it he'll go mama what's the good story today right. you know what totally, i mean totally would totally would. i gotta totally do it would. they say make it a habit to track down and share a newsworthy story of hope or courage <laughs> Your whole family will feel more inspired to become change makers when you make time to notice the important world improving work happening right now. And it's not like you don't have to like pick it out off of like TV or the cartoon that they're watching. You're like really giving them like real life examples. Yeah. Of things that can that they can do. Yeah, they can be inspired by. And 
I think you have a good point, though. Even like good news movement, some of those are just little fun things that they post. But like some of them are like you can say, oh, I, I saw this the greatest story today. This, you know, this group of people, a whale washed up on shore and they worked for over three hours to get it back into the ocean. And they got to watch it swim away. Isn't that amazing that they did that for that? You know what I mean? Like, I think that is even that kind of a little thing that they I don't know. I think that could be really inspiring because for us, it's like, oh, isn't that a great Instagram site? And then we go to the next one. But for a kid who just came home from kindergarten where they've been like learning and whatever, they're like, whoa, somebody did that. People did that for an animal. That could be really inspiring to them. Look what's possible. Yes. Look what other ways like kindness isn't just like being nice. Like kindness is like doing something this big is being a person who would do something like this. Yes. And it comes from that place, building, planting that seed of kindness and compassion. Yeah. Yeah. I like that a lot, actually. Me too. So there you go, listeners. We have some ideas for you for little seeds of kindness and compassion you can plant every day in your own home. And as far as our interpersonal relationships with our children that in my home are a little bit stressed right now, I really love the idea that I can, instead of leaning back and just seeing the behavior as it is and being triggered by that, I'm going to lean in and think about the why. And it can be in the moment, or as Blair expressed earlier in the podcast, sometimes that's hard because we're just trying to get dinner on the table or whatever. I do it later. You can work out whenever it works for you. Some people work out in the morning. Some people work out right before bed. Some people work out at the lunchtime from work. Just sit down and do the work and think, and that's our job as parents, to get behind the ugly stuff and see the why and then work with your kid on acknowledging, validating their feelings, being there for them as a partner in their feelings. And that's the work I'm going to do, too. And it's also a season. It's a season. You know, if you're doing I feel like if you're doing the work to find out why, like I am with my therapist, doing my inner child work and finding out my why. Right. I feel like it's very seasonal and once you're made aware of it and you are doing the work, it doesn't last. It doesn't last. Yeah, long. it really doesn't. One last thing. Well, we always talk about what's that Instagram site? Big something, little feelings, big feelings, little big people, little feelings, <laughs> the little, little big feelings, little people, big feelings, big feelings, little people. <laughs> you guys know what we're talking about. They are the ones who posted this thing recently about if you're a kid who has a big dramatic reaction to small things. And my kid is one of those people. They noted that sincerity is so uh, important. You can't be surfacey either because they see right behind that. I did one of the things they said, which is like, why would you react like that? You just dropped an apple peel on the floor. Why are you having this big reaction? Which sometimes I do. I'm a, a little rough, my reaction. And I really listened to them. It's kind of like part of what we're talking about, which is like looking behind that and seeing that he just wants me to see him and to acknowledge that he has this big feeling and that I don't, I'm not poo-pooing it. I'm not criticizing it. I'm not discounting it. Because discounting means I'm sweeping mm -hmm. away his feelings as if I don't care about them. And that's his biggest fear is that I don't mm -hmm. care about him. Right? So mm -hmm. they said, you know, they always model what to do. And I did it the other day. And I said he had a big reaction to some small thing. And, and he said, ah, 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 something about something little. And I said, you're really upset about that. I believe you. We'll just take a minute. And then when you're ready... And he was visibly thrown by my reaction. So maybe my reaction is <laughs> not so good normally. Right. But that kind of honest acknowledgement is looking behind the ugly stuff, is saying, I got to support my kid in this moment. I can't. Mm -hmm. What's that word? Mm -hmm. Not sardonic, but dismissive. dismissive. That's a great. That's exactly the word I was looking for. It's like, no, your reaction is too big. So I can't be around you anymore. Right. What a terrible thing to do. And so 
I'm working on it too, everybody. Uh, this is what I do. I acknowledge it and I can walk away. I give myself permission to walk away from it. Oh, that's how you're feeling? That's what's going down? All right, cool. Listen, being your feelings, it's all good. I'm going to go have a moment. I'm going to finish the dishes. See, that's good, though, that you say it. Yeah. And I say, I'm trying to do that, too, where I go, okay, this is when I start to get upset. I say, okay, I'm starting to feel really frustrated in this moment. So I'm going to take a minute to give my body a break because I can feel the stress in my chest building. So I'm going to go in the bathroom for a minute, but I'll be right back. I'm just doing what I need to do to calm down. I'm going to go take some big, deep breaths. You guys, I steal everything from the internet. I don't know how anybody parented before the internet. <laughs> how, did we, how did we? I don't know if we did. My therapist will tell you. Yeah. Well, we did what our parents did. <laughs> yeah, we did what our parents right? did. And we still do. Yep. So that's why we're... Absolutely. Every day is continuing the work of unlearning. On that note, have a great week, everybody. <laughs> how do we end that such a downer? Good, good luck. luck. Good luck. Yeah, good luck to all of us. And we're going to keep doing the work. Even though it's hard, it's worth it because our kids are worth it. Thank you for being here, listeners. Gosh, we love you. If you have a sec, head on over to toddlerpurgatory.com. You can hear all our past episodes. And we'll see you next time on Todd Perks. Take it easy, y'all. Real truth alert. Pregnancy, birth, and having a baby isn't all sunshine and rainbows. I wish it were, but the reality is that many people struggle and suffer through this time without the right help or even knowing what they're dealing with. I'm perinatal psychologist, Dr. Katayun Kayani, also known as Dr. Kat. My podcast, Mom and Mind, aims to shine a light on the difficult reality that so many hopeful and new parents experience and raise the volume on how we can better support mental health, which is a big part of our overall health. Episodes include personal stories from people who have healed through things like pregnancy and postpartum anxiety, depression, PTSD, and so much more. I also talk with specialists and experts who explain and educate on these conditions. All of this to support parents to know that they are not alone, that healing is possible, and there are resources that can help you today. Listen into Mom and Mind and walk with me through the world of perinatal mental health. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips.